Hey, hey, Cubs fans. Welcome to this edition of Cubs on Tap, brought to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. Catch all of our literature and podcasting works of art on our website, ontapsportsnet.com, and find us on all social media at ontapsportsnet. I am your co-host for this evening. My name is Ron Luce. I am joined today by the Juice Man himself. Juice, how you doing, good sir? Juice, the Juice Man, Ron. Dude, watching the Cubs has just become like going to the dentist, hasn't it? I mean, I it feel feels like... I feel like I go for nine innings and then I get out of it and I get, you get put in that like post recovery room, you know, where there's like water and like recovery snacks and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there and I just feel like crap, man. It, it, it's a damn shame that this team is so damn talented and they have 50 losses, but they just seem to lose games over and over and over again the same way. Yeah. And as, as juice man pre, uh, you know, kind of alluded to there, the Cubs lose tonight in the first game in St. Louis Cardinals take this one two to one. Uh, I think the 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 clear cut bright spot, if we can, you know, maybe go down that path really quick, because I know both of us have some things to get off our off of our chest. You um, Darvish looked very very good tonight. Looked like the pitcher that we are paying all that money to uh, when he was signed as a free agent just uh, an off season and some change ago. Yeah, it was good to see him located. He located the fastball real well early. Um, kind of came off the rails there. Uh, I believe that was the fourth inning there when he kind of juggled around, ended up only giving up one run out of the whole deal. Um, and then he just gets beat by probably the hottest hitter in the NL right now. I mean, Paul Goldsmith is just, he's just raking. I think he's anything you throw up there, I think anything you throw up to that guy is just going to, it's going to end up being hit hard somewhere. And, and the Cubs offense was, uh, like we've normally seen it now it's inconsistent it is an all-or-nothing type of team i mean it's coming off a game where they they put up 10 on the brewers they had an off day no excuses and a guy with wainwright on the on the mound who you've seen a million times it's it's not anything new it's not anything that you've never seen before so i look at you know the state of this cubs team and it's it's like that they they just seem to lose games the same way over and so predictable i felt like Going into after that sixth inning, the top of the sixth inning, when they pretty much run themselves out of an inning, which we need to talk about that for a good amount of time on this podcast. The fact that Chris Bryant, you're running in front of Chris Bryant, and then they end up walking two in the inning, two to backload the bases, and then uh, Kyle Sorber ends up filing, uh, hitting a fly ball to left field, and that's the end of the inning. I mean, you pretty much ran yourself out of all of that. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs just do that over and over and over again. It's stupid, stupid. Day. And I don't want to say that this is Joe Madden. This is it for Joe Madden. But the way this is trending, it's just it doesn't look good. And it doesn't look good for his future or for a lot of these guys on this on this roster right now. Yeah, agreed 100%. Uh, the base running has been such a big issue this year, right? I, I think I still the, – the kind of the, the peak example uh, that I think back to of – the how to how to define the Cubs base running this year, um, and compared to years past, is that game against Atlanta earlier in the year, when mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't recall exactly who it was running the home plate. It might have been Baez uh, gets you know thrown out at the plate, and then I think it was on like a, a sacrifice bunt, and then Contreras gets thrown out trying to take third, and and it's end of an inning, and you had two guys in scoring position. 
It's just been the classic case of they're killing themselves. It is 100% this team killing themselves. Because like you said earlier, how this team with the talent they have has 50 losses at this point in the season is mind-boggling, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, sure, you know, good things are happening tonight for the Cardinals. You know, Wainwright looked looked good, didn't look great, but looked fine. Um, You know, uh, Paul Goldschmidt is the hottest hitter in the NL right now. There's no... No, just there's no way to, to get out get around that. He's he's finding that stride that everybody I think thought he was going to have right out the gate. Um, it's just coming at a very opportune time for the uh, Redbirds. But when you got the offense the way it is, and it's just it kills. I know it kills me. I know it kills you. I'm sure it kills everybody else that's listening to this right now. You know, you you wasted a great Darvish start. A great mm-hmm. Darvish start. He went six innings. He gave up six hits, two runs, two earned. You know, I mean, like you said, the one bad inning, you know, a couple balls get away from him there um, and and ultimately allow the runners to score and then the home run to, to Goldschmidt. But outside of that, nine strikeouts, no walks. Like, the Darvish looked great. But, again, this inconsistently disgusting offense right now gives you one run. Gives you one run against, like you said, a very pedestrian pitcher. Wainwright is not what he used to be. Still a good pitcher, but there's no excuse that the Cubs shouldn't be able to get this guy for three runs and be able to win this game tonight in St. Louis instead of already being down, you know, one game in the series and now one game in the division. Yeah, it's. I mean, you alluded to it too. It's they only give up the two runs. I look at this team as. In the 2016 team, and I allude to it a lot of times, to talk about how that team seemed to fire on all levels all the time. They pitched, they hit, they beat you, you know, five to two. They beat you seven to two. You know, how many games this year have you watched that the Cubs have gone out and pitched and hit in, or pitched and did all the things in baseball, all the assets, you know, in baseball, facets of baseball, correct? It's like I look at. I look at this team as like they'll put up nine runs and then they'll bullpen or their starters or a combination of both will give up 10 mm-hmm. or they'll go out and they'll pitch a great game like tonight. And then they'll only be able to scrap up one run through nine innings. It's like, it's like both assets of the facets of the game, pitching and hitting are never on the same wavelength. And I know that that's baseball in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways too, it's like that has been a problem since, 2016 you know i mean there was worries about them in 2017 and them hitting and being able to pitch enough and then last year obviously they had a good year and milwaukee was just better towards the end of it but the offense went pedestrian at the end of the end of the year and now this year it's like the same thing over and over again they when they don't hit they they pitch and when they don't pitch they hit and they seem to always lose these games because they just don't have a talented enough roster at the back half to really make up for it. They have to play perfect. And in 2016, they maybe didn't have to play perfect, but they had enough talent on their team to get it through. And I look at, like, up and down this roster, there's only one guy hitting. You know, tonight, really, when you look, only one guy hit, it's Jason Hayward. Mm-hmm. And other than that, you're not getting a lot of production out of Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. And, and I mean, sure, in the past we have, but – there's just not lineup consistency. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think that's well put too. I mean, I'm looking right now here at the box score, and 
you know, Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez all at one point this season were hovering right around 300 in their batting average. Now all three of them have dropped. Bryant, the least of the three, uh, he's still batting 291 on the season after tonight's game. But Rizzo is now a 283, and Baez is a 285. I think Baez is the most surprising because Baez was, I think, what, 303 at one point within the last yeah. month and a half? I mean, he was up there. Um, yeah, you know, Baez does this, though. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed his splits through the first couple months of the season. He seems to be a gangbuster. He'll hit 320 in, in April. He'll hit, you know, 319. But the minute after the All-Star break, I think his split for uh, July, August, September is like he goes from like a 300 hitter to like 260 to 240 to 240. Like, yeah. I, I just I don't know if that's a if that's a product of him playing pretty much every day. I mean, if you look at the way the Cubs roster has been constructed in the past with the Addison Russell issues last year and with like what's going on this year, they don't have a backup shortstop on the roster. They just don't right now. I mean, it's, I mean, David Bodie is supposedly that, but when Baez just does is not able to take it off day anymore. He's just not. And right. I know that they had one yesterday, but Javi just seems to run out of gas towards the end of the year. Maybe he clicks it back in in August or in, in October. We've seen that happen before, but I just, I look at this team and I, I feel like the doctor with, and I, I feel like the doctor that could look at this patient and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And there's no solution to any of them. There's no magical pill that's going to make it better. It's just these guys that are on the roster just need to play better because Nick Castellanos isn't, isn't going to drive four or five runs a game. It's just not how that's going to work. You know, the, the back end of the bullpen doesn't put runs up in a 2-1 loss. So, I mean, I just look at this, this roster and I go, the only option they have is just to play better. And, and I, I don't know if we're going to see it. I really don't. I, I feel it's. I think that's the most frustrating thing as a Cubs fan. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. Especially too, you know, they they've been trying to kind of you know fix those ailments, like you were saying, kind of the diagnosis of the doctor. You know, they bring up Robel Garcia, and he comes out of the gate flying, and then you know the last couple games he's been over or just one for, and like tonight, over five four strikeouts. Um, you know, so, but granted, I think they knew that's what they were getting with him. He did that in the minors, big power guy, big strikeout guy. Uh, you know, then Ian Happ comes up and, and he's been getting on base. Um, he's been taking his walks, but he's, he's batting 100 <laughs> since he's been up. I mean, <laughs> he's not hitting and that's a problem when this guy was your hottest hitter in your system in the month of really the second half of June and the month of July, you know, he, he was yeah. batting almost 300, you know, in that 20 something day stretch before he was called up. And that hasn't translated to the big league level. And that has to be concerning for this team right now, especially because I would argue if they really wanted to try and make a big splash and some team wanted a roster now piece, Hap was the most likely to go. And he had value because in AAA he was hitting 300. Some team would have bid on that and been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want? You want that? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, great. You're, oh, and you're going to give us Ian Happ? Oh, even better. You know, somebody would have done it. And and I know, you know, here's what kills me. And I think you'll agree with me on this, Juice, is, you know, as Cubs fans, we all love to play armchair GM. Let's be honest. It's It's what you do as a fan. It's just, it's natural. It's human nature. 
And the the problem is, is everybody wants to trade guys that have some value, admittedly. Probably may have had more value in years past, but still have value. Guys like Schwarber, guys like Hap, guys like Almora. The problem is, though, realistically, this regime is not going to trade any of those guys because all three of those guys are Theo draft picks. They're all, you know, guys that fit the Theo and Jed mold. They're guys that these guys want in the clubhouse. And I think as a Cubs fan, we all want them there. I love Kyle Schwarber as a player. I just want him to be more consistent. You know, I love Ian Happ and what he can bring to the table. I just want him to start hitting 250 at this point I'd be happy with. And same thing with Almora. I'd be happy with Almora hitting in the 260 range. Like, I'm not asking for the world. And granted, Almora's raised his average. He's now hitting in the 240s finally. It is, it's sad that I'm getting excited about 240s. <laughs> but that's the nature of the beast right now. Like, you said it best. This team has talent. It The talent just needs to perform because there is no, you know, get-rich-quick scheme to fix this roster right now at the deadline. It's just not going to happen. They would have to completely retool, and that would be an off-season project anyway. So if this team wants to be better than what they are right now at 56 and 50, it's going to require those, especially the guys hitting, you know, on a normal nightly basis, two through six to really start coming up big. And that's Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Hayward, and Contreras when he's playing regularly. These these guys need to be the ones delivering because, you know, you said it, the depth, the depth around the rest of the team is not there to carry the team when these glue guys are not performing at their top level. Yeah, and it's a, it's a shame, too. I mean, I was just looking at the lineup while you were talking. Tonight, they started three guys that at the end of their line, at the end of the day were batting under 220. I mean, you, you can't you, you can't keep throwing people out like that. I mean, it, there's too many outs in this lineup right now. It's it's frustrating to sit and watch that even when Joe makes a move, it's to a guy like a David Bodie where I mean, you're getting you're, you're gaining thirty percent of the batting average over who who his replacement is. You know, I, I mean, you're not you're thirty percent or thirty points in the batting average. Give it up, my mistake on that. But it's just it's so it's so frustrating as a Cubs fan because, and this is just to go broad picture. I, I hate doing this and I hate saying this because as a Cubs fan, I really hope that they win. And 2016 was awesome, but the Cubs are quickly on that track to be the 85 bears, the team that they won one and everybody's going to talk about how they won that one. But if you ask any of those guys on the 85 team, you know, what, what was wrong with, with you guys after 85, they would have said, we, we were stupid. We should have, we should have won another Super Bowl. We should have kept going. We should have been a dynasty. And I fear that's where the Cubs are on, on track to right now. You, you know, you look around the league, I mean, in your own division, the Reds got better tonight, getting Trevor Brower. Mm-hmm. You know that obviously they, they they didn't fortify the lineup by giving up Puig, but I mean their pitching staff got better. You, you look at the Brewers, the Brewers aren't going anywhere. Yelich and Kane are, are going to be good for another couple of years. This Cardinal team with Goldie and with you know Azuna and, and and crew, they're they're a good team too. They got a lot of young players, you know. And the Reds, the Reds are going to be a good looking team too. And don't count out the Pirates because, I mean, we've seen them be a thorn in our, in our side too i mean this division is damn good and we're not we're looking inside of it you're not even looking outside of like to the dodgers to 
the Braves, which are a young and up and coming team, the Phillies who, you know, have a very stacked lineup, but they can figure it out with the pitching and, and the consistency. They're, they're a team to be reckoned with too. And everybody's getting better. And it seems like this core for the Cubs is just not just staying stagnant. It's super frustrating. And, and, I think we that's the word of the day for this podcast. It's frustrating because as we sit here on this, we were game out at first place. And it, it's obviously we have two more against the Birds to, to jump into it, but the Cubs have done themselves no favors because everything down this stretch is just going to be a straight dogfight all the way to the end. And I look at, you know, the Dodgers, and they're going to cruise, and they're going to be able to set their, their rotation and put everything in in line for them to win a world series for the first time, you know, in this last couple of years that they've tried, they've obviously been there for, you know, year after year after year in a row and unable to get it done. But it, it's, it's frustrating because the Cubs have the talent to be that team that the Dodgers look at. And then I'll look at as a shoe in for the world series, but they just don't play up to their, their potential. They just don't. And I fear that wholesale changes are on the way. If this does not change. Yeah. No, I. It, it's almost scary how accurate that 85 Bears comparison is um, because, you know, this just quickly to let me get off track. Um, sure. I've, you know, I've had the opportunity, um, you know, through connections and a, and a job I had in college and different things like that. Uh, I've gotten to meet and talk to a lot of those 85 Bears. I've gotten to talk to guys like Otis Wilson, Dan Hampton, um, you know, indirectly have heard from other guys on the team like Leslie Frazier and uh, Emery Moorhead and a couple of those guys. And they all say that. They say that team should have been a dynasty, and it really should have. You know, you looked at it on paper. That team was a, a very in similar capacity to what the Bears have been. You know, it was the same core of guys for that five, six, seven-year stretch, really 83 to 89 that were there that should have at least won one more. I would argue 1987 should have been another championship. And yep. and it wasn't. And that to this day, you know, every every Bears fan that was alive for it and even the ones that weren't always will cherish that 85 team. But to the exact same extent, you know, I talk to my dad about it all the time. He goes that team should have won another Super Bowl. The fact they didn't win a second one is mind-boggling. And it really is when you look at it on paper. And I'm 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 in the same boat you are right now. I'm fearing that this Cubs team is going down that path. That at the end of these guys' careers, we're going to sit back and look at the lineup and be like, "Holy shit! How did that team not win another World Series?" Like they had the talent, they had the ability, they had the guys. Like what went wrong? And that yeah, it's 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 the word of the night: frustrating. And <laughs> Juice, you know what else is frustrating? What, what what's that, Ronnie? Not being able to get my picks right with our guys over at Second City Picks. <laughs> because they got let me tell you, you know, for our listeners, they got some great prizes that they're giving away. So for those that don't know, go check out our guys, secondcitypicks.com, and that's the word second spelled out. So secondcitypicks.com. Also find them on Twitter at Second City Picks. You know, they, they put up every day, they give you a game, whatever the game is. Today it was the White Sox Mets game. And they say you pick, you know, the runs for each team. You, you hits for one of the two teams is your tiebreaker. And if you nail it on the head, you win a pretty sweet gift card. Uh, today was Chipotle. It would have been a ten dollar gift card. It would have it would have paid for my lunch today. 
Um, it could have paid for my lunch tomorrow. Uh, it would have been great, but Noah Syndergaard spat in my face today and did not allow the Sox to get the number of runs that I needed them to. Um, so I am also frustrated, but I made my picks. Listeners, you should as well. Please do make sure to go check out our guys over at Second City Picks. That is secondcitypicks.com and on Twitter at Second City Picks. This is a daily thing, folks. Go check them out. You won't regret it. And if you have a horseshoe somewhere on your body that we will not mention, you might win some pretty sweet <laughs> gift cards. A lot of pizza gift cards too, Juice. I know I know. I was, I was drooling a little bit the other day when they had Connie's, but... Nonetheless, thank you to those guys, our one of our sponsors over here at ONTAP Sportsnet, before we move on. But I had to get that off of my chest. If frustrating is the word of the night, it, it felt right to, to, to vent my frustrations of being wrong constantly because it sucks. Just like the Cubs losing. What were your run totals? Because that game's still going on, buddy. Yeah, but Thor was throwing wiffle balls again like he normally does. And I said the Sox would get five runs. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, three run, a three run walk off home run for the White Sox, and you're there, bud. So hey, don't hold off. Yeah. Oh wait, actually, <laughs> hang on. Now that I'm looking, oh, hold on. Our frustrations may be turning around. So wait, 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 wait. Now I'm now I'm start. Now I'm thinking I did four to three. So I need the Mets that, to score at the top of the inning, and then I need a two run walk off in the bottom of the inning. You're right there, then, buddy. And I think I had the socks. Slowly, your night is turning. And I need the socks. If it's a if it's a socks walk, and then a walk off home run, uh, I also hit on the number of shy socks hits at numbers at seven. So that would be pretty sweet. There you go. Okay, so the frustrations may be turning around, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, just Ron's like, night's turning, mine is not. <laughs> yeah, you know, our our overall night is not turning after this this Cubs loss. Um, but I, I, you know, I think we've we've wallowed on it enough. This was just it was not a good game. This this game epitomized what is wrong with this Cubs team, right? I think it it really just shows the flaws in the team. And you know, if they want to win games, they're going to have to improve. Now that being said, they have a chance. Like you said, they got two more games against the Redbirds here uh, over the next two days. Tomorrow specifically will be Miles Mikolas on the mound for the Redbirds. He is seven and ten with a four nineteen ERA on the season, and going for our Chicago Cubs is number twenty eight, Mr. Kyle Hendricks. He is seven and eight on the season with a three two six ERA. And he is taking the bump tomorrow night. It is a sight to see because I'm really, 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 really hoping um, that he can throw a Kyle Hendricks-esque gem um, and get this series even going into Thursday's uh, rubber match, hopeful, or hopeful rubber match, I should say. Um, Juice, just kind of some thoughts on tomorrow's game. What do you think with, with Mikolas and Hendricks on the mound? Um, and then maybe we can get your uh, fly the W um, player pick of the game uh, for tomorrow's game. Yeah, hopefully Kyle can come out and be that stopgap. That see, I always thought the cool thing about the Cubs is they kind of had two of those guys, John Lester and, and Kyle Hendricks, the two guys that really battle when they need a win. Um, it's going to be tough though. Miles Michaelis in his last seven games, three and three with three ERA. Um, 42 innings pitched, 14 earned runs, and a whip of 1.21. So um, not walking a lot of people. The bats are going to have to go up there ready to swing. Um, so 
with that said, I, I look at a guy like Anthony Rizzo, you know, put, put the C on his chest. You said it the last time I was on here. Um, you look to him in times of, Hey, get us going. I'm hoping Anthony Rizzo comes up big tomorrow, kind of puts the uh, team on his back and Kyle cruises hoping for like a, a five, three win. Cause obviously with the way the Cubs are playing, none of these are blowouts anymore. They're always close with that bullpen. So we'll be sweating that eighth and ninth inning, but I think that, uh, the Cubs will, will prevail. And you know what? This is going to go under, under, uh, appreciated for this game. Rowan Wick, man. He yes. looks really damn good. Needs to have a bigger role inside this bullpen right now because as you look at, they don't have an eighth inning guy that brought him up. He's been really successful since coming up. I really hope he gets another chance and, or, or a chance to be a bigger part of this, uh, this puzzle piece come down the stretch here because, it just doesn't look like – I know they made a move today bringing Phelps in, but it just doesn't seem like the Cubs are going to make a huge splash move. They're just going to expect to, you know, bring people up and try to, you know, put the finger in the dike as being a Dutch boy putting the finger in the dike. So hopefully Rowan Wicks, our, uh, our guy with the finger in the dike, po- poking the holes, man. That way there's, just, there's no water coming out. So um, that's my hope. My hope is that uh, the Cubs – they can cruise tomorrow, Kyle Hendricks, and, and on the back of Anthony Rizzo with the offensive numbers. Yeah, no, and and definitely uh, I'm very, very happy that you mentioned Roman Wick. He has been a very splendid surprise. Um, I know I was able to talk about him on my little solo rant on Saturday night after that disgusting walk-off loss to the Brewers. Um, he was one of the few bright spots in that 40-minute rant of mine, so... Um, I'm glad you mentioned him as well. There's a lot, I think, a lot of growing appreciation for Wick um, in Cubs fandom uh, as he continues to go out there and get the job done every time he goes out on the mound. Yeah, I agree. I think they they need a classic Hendricks start. Um, you know, he has a 2.88 ERA in his last five starts since coming off of the of the IL. I keep wanting to call it the DL. I have to like train myself to not say DL. I do that. I do that same thing. It's it's tough, man. Um, but the sad part is, is in those five starts, Hendricks is 0-3. And a lot of that is because of a 1.6 average runs of support. And that is courtesy of MLB.com. That is the telltale sign that um, the Cubs have been what they looked like tonight when Hendricks has been out on the mound. Hopefully that is not the case tomorrow. Um, you know, as you said, you know, a Kyle just maybe he can give us seven innings. I, I don't even care what the strikeout numbers are at this point. If he can give seven <laughs> innings and only give up two runs, I'm happy. Um, I think that's a great outing for him. Hopefully the bats can come alive. I think Rizzo, a great pick. Um, career against Mikolas, Rizzo actually has, uh, for the number of at-bats he's taken, so he's taken he's tied with three other players on the team with 15 at-bats. He has a three thirty three average against Mikolas. No home runs, no RBIs, though. So that's something interesting to keep in mind. Um, means we're due. It means exactly. He's due, and he knows how to hit him. So I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm going to deviate just a wee bit. Um, I think this is going to be the Ian Hat breakout game. And the reason I say that is it's only in eight at-bats, but in those eight at-bats, Ian Hap has a 375 average against Mikolas. I'm wondering if maybe it's just he sees the ball well against Mikolas. Um, Mikolas, Mikolas, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad when I get names wrong. But um, 
you know, hopefully, he, again, assuming he plays, I feel like with a couple of these guys, anytime there are fly the W player, you got to be kind of cautious on the, well, if he plays, dot, 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 and then, you know, continue with it on. But um, I think he's a good pick. Uh, and then just kind of an honorable mention name, not necessarily my pick. Jason Hayward in 14 at-bats has a 286 average against Meekless. And the way he's been hitting, like you said tonight, really was the only guy hitting tonight. Um, he might have a pretty pretty spectacular game tomorrow as well. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say Ian Happ. I think he's due uh, that 100 batting average needs to raise. And, you know, if you have a 375 average against a guy, even if it's an eight at-bats, there's something that you're doing well, seeing the ball well against him. Something has to give um, for the youngster tomorrow. So tomorrow's game is a 7.15 Central Standard Time first pitch. It will be after the trade deadline. Uh, So just as you mentioned, uh, the acquisition of Phelps today. Uh, You can read up on Mr. Phelps on on ontapsportsnet.com. You know, I don't, I agree. I don't think the Cubs are going to be big players in the deadline, but um, leading up to that 3 p.m. Central Standard Time deadline tomorrow, it is going to be banana lands across the major <laughs> leagues. Uh, I, I know there's so many names still being rumored out there. I mean, like you mentioned tonight, uh, the big trade that happened this evening was a three-way deal between the Padres, the Indians, and the Reds. The Reds acquired Trevor Bauer from the Indians. Yasiel Puig goes to the Indians as a part of that deal. Um, I believe Franmel Reyes and... Um, the number 80, 98 prospect in all of baseball, Logan Allen, I want to say is his name, um, from the Padres go to the Indians as well. And then a uh, prospect by the last name of Trammell, uh, is going to the Padres in that deal. So quite a big move there Two very hot headed names being exchanged, uh, between Trevor Bauer and Yasiel Puig. I feel like they're <laughs> the, the epitome of emotion, uh, in as the we major saw tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yasiel Puig's probably going to start his uh, his Cleveland Indians career on a suspension because of the bench clearing brawl in Cincinnati between the Pirates and Reds. Um, Juice, just maybe a quick take before we get out of here for the night. Uh, what do you expect out of maybe you know the Cubs? Um, I know we've said that you don't expect much, but maybe just like a small move or something you're looking for, uh, before tomorrow's three o'clock deadline. And then maybe like NL central, who do you think maybe makes the biggest splash, I guess, outside of the reds with getting Bauer, um, before tomorrow's 3 PM deadline. Yeah, I think the Cubs, a name I see pretty often is Dyson. I figure that's probably the move that the Cubs are really looking at pretty, pretty closely. Um, well, you just look at this around, just to look at this whole trade deadline and this whole trade spectrum as a whole, you look at, there's just really not much out there. You know, you saw tonight the Reds buy. I mean, the Reds are in fourth. You know, it's it's really odd to see this year in regards to who's really going to buy. It'd be interesting because there might be some teams that are hovering around 500 that decide to sell strictly because they just don't see themselves as, a, as an actual um, threat to the division. So, with that said, I, if, if we come back here tomorrow and we do Cubs on tap and the Cubs have, you know, Nick Castellanos, I'll probably be a little happy about it because, you know, that's the that's the bat you need against left-handed pitching. But I, I just expect a low bullpen move and maybe Dyson. And 
possibly maybe another bench depth guy that you bring in um, just to have other options because the Cubs just don't have any depth at the bottom of that. They, they might just take flyers on guys for low money, players to be named later trades and stuff like that, just to hope that's, that they just catch fire and, and lightning in a bottle. I, I just don't see them doing much. Nick Castellanos would be like the high-end move, but the expectation for me is like a Dyson plus a bullpen guy. And that that's probably it, you know? And I mean, we might even gotten the bullpen guy today. It might've been Phelps because the, the everybody's looking for pitching right now. And I just, the Cubs just don't have the equity in their, you know, farm system to pay it. You know, they just don't have, they don't have the, the prospect capital per se. So, I mean, looking at it, they, they just don't, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see Theo's going to have to probably get his most creative he's ever gotten at the trade deadline to, uh, to get it done. Because in my opinion, Kimbrell was that move, you know, months ago. Yeah. Well said. I, I, I have nothing to add. I think you've hit everything on the head. Uh, I wouldn't actually be mad about Dyson. I think he would feel that really, you know, a true leadoff hitter kind of role, maybe him getting on base more would ignite, uh, those two through six guys, um, just somebody who's going to consistently get on, can steal bags effectively. Um, it seems like Joe wants his guys to run, so maybe actually having a guy that can run um, <laughs> would allow for a little more success in that department. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe another bullpen ad. I agree. Um, you know, some of the comparison I've seen to the Phelps trade that was made today is like the Jesse Chavez deal um, of yesteryear, where you know. Low risk, you know, potentially high reward can come in, be an innings eater, you know, keep the bullpen, the rest of the bullpen fresh when need be. And then, you know, allow for your, you know, your kind of quote unquote star guys of the bullpen. I think guys like Kinsler, guys like who knows, maybe it's going to become Roman Wick um, and then guys like Kimbrell uh, keeping them fresh and and, and healthy when you need them most, um, which. Yeah, it- and, and that, that's the other thing I wanted to just quickly touch on. They brought up Underwood today. Give him a shot. You know, I mean, I know he's been up here in the past. He's been back and forth. This is another ar- lively arm that I wish that they would just give. I, I always thought that Dylan Maples, and I know he walks a lot of guys, got a raw deal. Right when he was settling in that first time he came up and he was sent back down. The problem with a lot of this, too, is the Cubs, have, the moves they made, they sent the wrong guys down and brought the wrong guys up at the wrong times. And it kind of just it just compacts the the inability for this roster to, to consistently hit too, and it's that's why it's just so damn frustrating to sit and I'm gonna say it again, word of the night, frustrating. Frustrating. It's just so frustrating to sit and watch every single night. It's the same script over and over and over again. Yep, hundred percent. Juice, could you um, spell that and use that in a sentence um, for those listening for our word of the day? <laughs> yeah right how yeah. many how many more how many more words do i need to <laughs> yeah how many more times do we need to say it folks we're frustrated and i think a lot of other cubs fans are as well uh juice any final thoughts before we get out of here for the night go cubs go let's try to take two out of three i like it i will second that go cubs go thank you to our listeners this is the july 30th edition of cubs on tap Make sure you find us on Twitter at Cubbies on Tap. Um, make sure to follow our sister show uh, at Northside Nine Pod. 
And then make sure to follow our parent company, our over presenting entity, whatever you want to call us, at ONTAPSportsNet. Um, it's up and coming. We're rising. A lot of fun things coming our way in the future. So be sure to check us out there. Check out all of our great literature on the Cubs and on all other teams, as well as all of our great podcasts on the beloved North Siders. From my co-host, the Juice Man himself, I am Ron Luce, and we hope you have a great evening. Let's go Cubbies. (laughs) 